Welcome to Thank God's Fantasy Football, and this is the Week 9 Starts and Sits. At quarterback this week, I'm definitely starting Tua. Yes, he's got a finger injury. Yes, he got injured in Week 2, basically missed that entire game, missed Weeks 3, 4, and 5 with fractured ribs. But he's been dealing lately. Over the last two games, he's thrown for 620 yards and six touchdowns. He's got to get those interceptions down. He's got four in the last three games, but he's looking really, really good. He's playing like the tank for Tua that people were expecting, you know, when the Miami Dolphins were strategically losing to go and get Tua Tagovailoa. Now they're just losing because they're losing. As mentioned, I mean, Tua's got seven touchdowns and five interceptions, but he's really only played in four games. Those interceptions have to come down, though, even though he's thrown for over 1,000 yards. That's respectable. We can deal with that. This week, he plays against Houston, and I know the scoreboard looks like it was a better game last week when the Rams played them. It was 38-22, but the Rams went up 38-0 and then sat their starters. Matt Stafford sat out half of the fourth quarter. You know, it was insane. Matt Stafford threw for 305 yards and three touchdowns in 85% of the game, maybe. So if you'd like to play 100% of the game in a game where they're probably going to be a little bit more competitive, I mean, not too many teams are as good as the Rams. So Tua might sling the rock for another 300 yards, just like Stafford did. We can expect a big game out of Tua here, and he's going to have some weapons available. Jalen Waddell had 12 targets. Gusecki had a bunch. Devontae Parker is expected to be playing again. These are some matchups that we can exploit. All right, so this guy hasn't been on our start list once this year, but we're going to be riding the momentum from last week and actually two weeks carrying forward. I mean, he's played over 70% of the snaps in the last two games. For a running back, that's awesome. For a rookie running back, that's incredible. This guy's Michael Carter. Last week, he had 15 carries for 77 yards and a touchdown and 14 targets, 9 receptions for another 95 yards. Excuse me, what? This guy had close to 30 touches? Sure, this performance was a bit of an outlier. We had Mike White throwing the ball. The Bengals did not know how to scheme against Mike White. They didn't even know who Mike White was. So yeah, they were caught a little bit off guard. And Michael Carter and Ty Johnson were the guys that exploited this. I don't expect the exact same game plan, although I expect something similar. Indianapolis isn't the defense we thought they were, so do I expect, you know, 30 touches again? No. Do I expect 20? Sure. In week 7 against the Patriots, Carter had 11 carries and 8 receptions, 9 targets. So, I mean, however he scores his fantasy points, I'll take it, even in garbage time. Just because the points are ugly doesn't mean they don't count. If he's going to keep getting this usage, or even two-thirds of it, Michael Carter can be an RB2 going forward, especially when you think of guys who are currently RB2s like Khalil Herbert and Elijah Mitchell. Their starters are going to be coming back healthy, which is going to cloudy that backfield. Well, we've got bad news for Saquon Barkley, but that means that that's good news for Devontae Booker. Good news for a couple reasons. One, he's been playing incredibly well. And two, although Barkley was considering to come back this week, now he's got COVID. Since being named the starter, he's played no less than 72% of the snaps, and he's looked good doing it. Over the last four games, he's rushed for almost 200 yards on 54 attempts, and he scored two touchdowns. And he's also caught the ball for 124 yards and another score in that span. The Raiders give up 19.4 fantasy points per game to running backs, so Devontae Booker is going to get some wiggle room. Especially again with the Raiders in the headlines, this time for Henry Ruggs. We won't touch too much on that, but I mean between him and Gruden, the Raiders are just not having a good year. Look for the Giants and their solid defense to be able to slow this game down and allow Booker to run the ball. He can be treated as a mid-range RB2, which is good enough to hit this list. Alright, now we've got two Devontae's in a row. Devontae Parker. Parker played for the first time since week 4 last week, and he played 91% of the snaps, had 11 targets, 8 catches for 85 yards. If he would have scored, we'd be flipping our lids. We're going to be pairing him up with Tua this week because they're playing Houston. 
He's been listed on the injury report for the last couple of days. However, I really expect him and Tua to both be playing. Look for Devontae Parker in your lineups. He can be trusted as a wide receiver three or a flex. I love Jerry Judy, and I love him for a handful of reasons. One, in his first game back, he played 72% of the snaps, and it wasn't some minor injury. The guy had a high ankle sprain, so we want to be making sure that everybody knows that he was being eased back into the offense. Last week, Judy had four receptions for 39 yards. He caught all four of his targets, and that's the main thing I want to see. Bridgewater doesn't sling the ball that much, so when he does, he's obviously targeting Jerry Judy, and Jerry Judy caught all four of his passes. I'm trusting Judy as a wide receiver two, wide receiver three with mega upside because they're playing the Dallas Cowboys. So although the Broncos are known for having a really good defense, they just shipped out Vaughn Miller for a second and a third. This means that the Cowboys are going to be able to throw up some more points than they usually would. The Cowboys are leading the league in points per game, even with Cooper rushing there, which means Judy is expected to keep up and put some points on the board. I'm expecting five, six, seven receptions and a touchdown. This tight end seems to be on our list every single week. It's Jared Cook. Need I mention he's 6'5", 245 pounds, and is fast as lightning. He's as quick as they come. He's a wicked tight end, and he's got hands. It's just that Justin Herbert hasn't been using him. He's only got a season-high 8 targets. These should be double digits. He exploits every single matchup that he has, and this week he's up against Philadelphia. You need to be expecting a lot more than his 5 targets, 2 receptions, and 25 yards that he put up against New England last week. The Chargers are coming off of two games where they should have won, and they're upset about it. So expect Justin Herbert to be throwing the ball all over the yard, and Jared Cook should be coming down with it. The Eagles allow the third most fantasy points to tight ends, and Jared Cook isn't just some guy. We're starting the Bengals twice in two weeks after they embarrassed us against the Jets. It wasn't as bad as the scoreboard showed. They still put up eight fantasy points, but they gave up 511 yards. Luckily, they put up a handful of turnovers, two interceptions, a forced fumble, a bunch of sacks, we're expecting more from the Bengals, especially against Cleveland this week. Kareem Hunt will not be playing. Dearness Johnson looked like Dearness Johnson. Baker Mayfield isn't healthy. This is an opportunity for the Bengals to get right and jump back at the top of the leaderboard in that division. Mr. Ryan Tannehill leads our sit list this week for a couple reasons, and two of them aren't his fault. One, Derrick Henry. Probably out for the season, he needs foot surgery. The Tennessee Titans rely on Derrick Henry, and I think every team in the league would too if they had that guy behind their line. Derrick Henry is an absolute beast, and he's got a broken metatarsal in his foot. This means Tannehill won't be able to lean on the run game, and he's going to have to air it out. But good luck against the LA Rams. Not only does he have guys like Aaron Donald, Dante Fowler, Vaughn Miller in his face now, but he's got to throw the ball against Jalen Ramsey. Nobody wants to be doing that. Need I mention that Julio Jones probably isn't playing again? It's going to be the AJ Brown show. AJ Brown definitely turned up last week. And Tannehill looked really good when throwing to him. I mean, he had a 57-yard touchdown strike. However, he's going to be lined up against Jalen Ramsey. He might get him a couple times, but he's not going to be able to put up the numbers that they did against Indy last week, where Tannehill went 23 for 33, 265 yards, and threw for three touchdowns. Tannehill might be expected to use his legs like he has been in a few other games. He's had multiple rushes in every single game this season. Very similar to the Devontae Booker situation, we're throwing Khalil Herbert on the sits list, and this is not his fault. He's been playing awesome. Last week, he ran the ball 23 times for 72 yards and caught two passes, albeit for negative four yards. The Bears are trying to get him as involved as possible. But as mentioned, he's not the starter. David Montgomery is coming back, but it's going to be in week 11. They're going to rest him one more week, and then they've got a week 10 bye, so he'll be returning in week 11. So you must be thinking, why is Herbert on this list? Well, it's because he's playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers have an awesome defense. They love to slow the game down. Last week, they won 15-10. Those are the kind of games that the Steelers want to be involved in. In their last two games, they've had 9 sacks and 14 tackles for a loss. They get behind the line of scrimmage, which means that Khalil Herbert might not get in front of it. 
we're not seriously still starting Mike Davis, are we? That's a tough pill to swallow. We were all so excited about him pre-draft. He played really well against CMC last year, and he was given the opportunity to lead a backfield. Well, he hasn't led it. He hasn't looked great at all. Cordell Patterson has had a surprise year 9 breakthrough, which I've never heard of, but either way, it's to Davis's deficit. Last week was a better return on investment for him. He had 9 carries for 44 yards and 5 catches for another 22 yards. They're still trying to get him involved, however, I don't know why. Just let CPAT do all of the work. With Calvin Ridley confirmed to be out for another week, it might be another opportunity for Mike Davis to get somewhere, but I really don't expect him to cross the goal line. Oh yeah, and they have an in-division game against the Saints in New Orleans. Demario Davis is going to have a field day. He's going to be wrecking those lines and interrupting Mike Davis every chance he gets. Alright, this one pains me to say it because I love this guy, but it's Devonta Smith. It just hasn't worked yet, and it's Jalen Hurts' fault. Hurts is an incredible athlete, but he isn't a great quarterback, right? Like He's always running the ball seven, eight, nine times a game. That limits the opportunity for these receivers, especially Devonta Smith, who's always open, but Hurts just can't hit him. Last week, he only had three targets for 15 yards. It's just too erratic, and they're playing the Chargers. The Chargers have a better defense than advertised right now. I'm really concerned. It seems like Hurts can't throw the ball further than 15, 20 yards, and that's where Goddard's been eating. Surprisingly, in three of the last five weeks, he's had over nine targets, but they don't amount to anything. He's had one good game where he had 122 yards on 10 targets. I think he even had a score called back. I really don't think it's happening this week, guys. At the time of this recording, Odell Beckham is expected to play, but he only got one target last week. There's no chemistry between him and Baker Mayfield. Odell Beckham Sr. made that evident. I mean, do I think that Sr. might be a lot like Junior, where it's, how do I get more attention? Me, 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 me. Absolutely. He's had less than 30 yards receiving in four of six of his games. After week seven, they should have done it where he only had two catches for 23 yards. Odell Beckham cannot be trusted in your lineups. And if you do have to trust him, I hope it's a major bye week for you and that you don't have to play him again. Consider starting Donovan Peoples-Jones if you really have to. I think he's going to be the play over Odell going forward. At tight end, this one stings. It's Tyler Higby. I've got him in way too many leagues, guys. I really thought he was going to be, you know, TJ Hawkinson for Matt Stafford just in LA, and it hasn't turned out that way. It seems like it's underwhelming game after underwhelming game, and this guy is capable. Last week in that major blow up against Houston, he only had three targets, and he caught them all. So he is efficient, it's just he's not given much to be efficient with. And last but not least, I am sitting the San Francisco 49ers. It is not their fault. They're not the defense we were expecting them to be. You know, they're number 21 on the season, and they're playing against Arizona and a motivated Kyler Murray. Even if DeAndre Hopkins doesn't play, expect Murray to throw the ball, put up points. It could be a big Christian Kirk game because A.J. Brown is out as well. Kyler Murray is going to find a way to bury the Niners this week, and it's not their fault. It's just they lost to the Packers last week. So expect Kyler Murray to put a nail in the coffin and really drive the Niners home this week. Again, it is not the 49ers' fault, but it is the 49ers' problem. Load up on Arizona. Thank you so much for watching, guys. Please like, comment, subscribe to our YouTube channel at TGIF Football. Please follow us wherever you get your podcasts. And please follow us on Instagram at TGIF Football as well. Thanks and have a great day.